I'd rather be talking about ideas than maybe some of the negativity in the world. And it's a purposefully optimistic choice too. I think sometimes people equate it with naivety, but being purposefully optimistic is, a, is an intentional choice. Being purposeful about thinking, about grabbing ideas, about exploring possibility is not knowing that there's a high likelihood that a lot of things won't pan out, but you don't kill it at the beginning. That's just not how brainstorming works. It's not how mm. ideas have to kind of get batted around and what about this and what about that? And it sparks new ideas. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Almost to the end of the year. We're really on the last final couple of weeks now. It's almost Christmas. I don't know about you. I don't know if you're if you've already checked out, if it's uh, vacation time has started already, or if you still got your foot on the pedal, I definitely always work right up until the end of the year. Even when I'm not working with my clients, this is the time of the year that I get super clear on what it is that I'm doing next year so that I hit the ground running. You know, so many people don't have a plan and spend time chasing their tail and and I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste time. So if you're a little bit like me and you want to finish out the year, I am running my final masterclass or my final live training of the year this week, this Thursday or Wednesday for in the, the Northern Hemisphere on how to build your coaching business and make six figures in six months or less. So if you're wanting to grow your business next year, um, charge higher fees, move from delivering on a one-to-one basis with your clients and moving to a one-to-many delivery model. And if you're ready to add six figures to your business in the ne- in the first six months of next year, then I'd love you to join me. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash masterclass and I would love to hang out with you for the final time in 2019. Now, today's episode is all about how to get booked on more podcasts. And today's featured guest is Brent Basham from Podit. And Brent is, he's a hoot. Now, Brent is one part dad, one part podcaster, another part co-founder of Podit, another part MCU fan, another part tech enthusiast, and finally one part attempted comedian. He says to me, is that too many parts? I don't think so. Brent shares a lot of stories today, tells us all about the platform that he's got that connects podcasters to podcast guests. And we have a great chat about creating content, about visions, about all sorts of things. So without further ado, let's welcome Brent Basham into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Brent. It's awesome to have you here joining me here today. I am beside myself that I got to come on your show. Oh, this is so I'm cool. so excited. I've been waiting. So I met you back in Atlantic City. Gosh, when was that? Was it August, September? I can't even remember now. A few weeks ago. It's been a, it's been a blur for me too. It's been a blur for me too. <laughs> I met you there at, well, it was MapCon, now IndiePodCon moving forward at the conference there hosted by Super Joe Pardo and met you and learned about this amazing platform that you have just started to build and you're starting to build out and had to have you on the show 
to talk about that because I think what you're creating is just amazing, which is Podit. That's the platform that you're building out. Why don't you start by letting us know what exactly is Podit? Who's it for? So Podit right now, the short version, is that it's a network to connect podcasts and guests. We were podcasters. It was a show called Digital Dads. I was a parent raising three kids. As you can imagine, that took a lot of my free time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we ended up- kids. I'm hearing you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's challenging. And, you know, but my show was about raising kids and, and I loved it. And we, we were able to get on a lot of fantastic guests. I feel like I was made better for it. A lot of the audience members that literally, some of the emails I'm sure you can relate. I mean, we had emails from dads in the delivery room telling us how they were there and had a little more courage to be a dad for the first time because of listening to us, which is really heavy because you don't expect that when you just grab a mic and start talking, you know, but it was powerful. It was an amazing experience. We did that for about three years and we got to the point where we hit the typical, you know, air quote pod faded where basically that's a fancy way of saying we quit. Um, we, we quit slowly, right? We quit slowly in our, in our mind. We didn't quit immediately. We kind of took a break and then it turned it into, anyway, they call it pod fading. I guess a lot of people do that. So that's what happened. And, and it was, a, it was a combination of a lot of things. I don't, don't attribute it entirely to that guest discovery connection process, but that was one facet of creating a, a well put together show. And we took a lot of pride in our show and we never amassed an enormous audience, but we had a lot of, like I said, a lot of good value in the people that listen and we took it very seriously. So there was a lot of effort put into finding those guests going on Amazon. I mean, it's just, where do you go for that? Mm. Really? I mean, there's a couple of places, but there's not a de facto place of let me go find an amazing guest and let me find a university professor. Or we had a pediatrician who came on there, emergency room pediatrician talking about summer safety tips and she'd seen drownings and talking about dry drownings and all that kind of stuff. And so we wanted those people to be part of the network too. So that was kind of the first sort of genesis of the whole thing is how can we solve this pain point? But it wasn't until two years later that we realized we're the tech guys. We quit this podcast and there's still not a great solution. So let's solve that. So that was kind of what led us to two years worth of hard work around jobs and kids and everything else maybe squeezing in a little entertainment here and there, a Marvel movie. That was it. And, you know, me and Andrew, my co-host, created this, got to this point. We brought on a designer. We brought on another programmer. And then recently we brought on an architect because getting into phase two, which I'm sure you probably want me to touch on, but that's kind of like the big vision for it is that it really kind of drills into when I was interacting with these guests, I got a lot of value from those relationships, much like you and I talking at dinner or talking here, you know, those small relationships. And I think, you know, I've really been thinking a lot about this lately. And I think what happens is when you get into this content creation space or people putting their best self out there, what happens is you're meeting people, not with the negativity of the day, you're meeting people spirit to spirit. I'm meeting you at my best self presented with you and your best self. And there's some kind of magic that happens in those moments or, you know, as mastermind, I think he called it in, in Napoleon Hill, thinking or rich where two people coming together in that sort of third entity where it's just bigger than the two of us. And so we really started thinking about where can this go as we grow and I'm probably ahead of myself. We're very, very new and, and it's just getting kicked off, but we really feel like there's other ways these content creators can connect and grow as a result of those relationships. So In the short term, that means connecting a podcast with a guest or a guest finding a podcast, which is really valuable for both parties. Mm -hmm. But in the longer term, there's so many ways we can connect each other 
and empower each other in maybe small groups or curated content or various things we could do to just elevate the whole community. And I don't think there's anything like that. You know, like I told you earlier, Facebook is very much in my mind, connect and show where you show everybody what you're doing and where you're at and what vacation. We want to create something that's connect and grow. That's purpose built for people Mm. like us to be better. Totally. So essentially it's a platform where you solved a problem because you couldn't find guests for your show. So you've created a platform to bring podcast hosts and guests together. And one of the things that you just said was that you're probably getting a bit ahead of yourself. But what I want to shine a light on here is that that getting ahead of yourself, as you've put it, is actually what drew me to you and was a very intense at dinner conversation. Yeah. You certainly got me in my intense moment. I have that effect, right? I have that effect. <laughs> well, most people that know me well, they're like, my, my nickname is Intensity. That's, yeah. <laughs> and no, and that's you, why and like, we were kindred spirits that way. Right. We sat at dinner and I think... <laughs> I remember Leon saying to me, I just watched your back for like an hour because like, we just got into that conversation. But yeah. got me was your, the vision and the purpose of this is what the platform is, but this is not really what it is, i.e., right. it's, a, it's the, you know, the vehicle is we're going to connect people. This was the problem. But the vision is so much more than that. And I think that, you know, it's that vision that people buy into. It's that, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you were talking about this connect and grow and content creators coming together, you know, this is my world. I think collaborations and relationships are what can make or break a business. And that there's too many people that get into business and sit in fear behind their computer or their laptop and don't reach out to people, don't have conversations. And I ran a group training on this with my guys this morning saying that, your business results will have a direct correlation to the amount of conversations that you're having every single week. You need to be building these relationships. So us coming together is me going, wow, love this platform, but it's so much more than that. It's this vision of bringing people together and connecting and growing. So I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is I think that like we do have to, what you've said, get ahead of yourselves, but I think that we really need to connect to that vision right from the beginning because that's what has people drawn to us and want to be, you know, that want to get on the bus and go on that journey with us. But, you know, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll take all the advice from you I can get. We're, <laughs> we're like I said, we're, we're a few guys trying to put together a product that solved the pain point. And to be honest with you, that was the initial thought and that's what we set out to do and we're computer guys and that's that. I also happen to be somebody who really believes and has grown to believe strongly late later in life or middle life or whatever you want to call it the power of connection with other people and so that idea really resonated with me it's it's tricky with this in that I've, with the messaging and with the vision and the how we communicate it to everybody because trying to find a way to communicate it in an effective way that doesn't overpromise way too mm-hmm. early Mm. And, and then they get there and they say, well, that's not what this is yet. And I'm saying, I understand that, but please come along for the ride because we really believe that we can make this into something. So it's a little bit of a tightrope and I'm learning as I'm going with this. I've never created something as massive as a software as a service, which to be frank with you is the, probably the single biggest challenge I've ever taken on um, with all the nuts and bolts and the nuances and the product decisions about what is the user experience here and what would make this valuable for them there and how can we make it the thing they need now that solves the problem. Even I'll take it even further on you. Right now we're looking at solving the problem of how do we make 
this valuable for people while the network is small, right? Mm. While there aren't a lot of guests in there. So how do we make it valuable outside the network to build the network, to grow it to a place that we can actually have the network. And now we can, instead of just similar people, we can maybe say, oh, here's a suggested group you might want to get in because you just said, we know who you are. We know you're interested in podcasting. Sam can help you with all kinds of new podcasting. You'd love her. And all of a sudden that connection gets made and both people are elevated. But Mm. figuring out sort of strategy because I'm very in my mind and my team my poor poor team um, (laughs) I'm dragging them along they're all devs you know and they're having to try to uh, as rapidly as they can manifest into reality some of the things that I'm trying to you know and they're keeping up with features and I'm talking you know a year or two down the road and they're you know they love the vision of it I think that's largely why they're on board as well but it's tricky and I think right now we're working really hard to get to a point where we can all take this on full time because right now it's around occupations and get to a point where we're creating something really valuable that people are buying onto, jumping, not buying in terms of money, but buying onto in terms of using, getting value out of, they're actually making bookings. Everything's happening like we want it to happen and then keep escalating. So it'd be interesting for me to figure out, and like I said, I'm all ears on how I can start to sort of massage that message in, in key places and keep that sort of bigger picture in mind while kind of coming back here and building real Mm. tangible things for people. Yeah. I'd love you to share when you had the idea for Potter being the the software, which, you know, I am so far from a developer mindset. It's not funny. Like I am not, uh, you know, that kind of tech driven brain person. If I can, that was, you know where I'm going with that, right? I got you. I got you. Trust me. My <laughs> wife hates that side of me sometimes, to be fair. <laughs> oh, I think, you know, we're all different. But yeah. how did you take that from, I've got this, or we've got this idea of a platform to bring these guys together who are all in that same sort of mindset, developers, and we're building out this thing to come up. How was that vision born? How did that conversation evolve to where it is because I think there's a lot of people that you know that want that amazing vision that people are sitting at a and the dinner table with where other people go oh my god that is amazing I have to get on that bus what was that how did that conversation start so my co-host uh on digital dads and I we both um we didn't go to finish college the first time around we both came to college later on and we went for a computer science degree And I met him there and he was a unique guy. He was able to do graphic design. He was a musician. He could do computer science. The guy just is annoying, frankly. Yeah, frankly, (laughs) just annoying. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you say annoying. I'll say genius. (laughs) Love him, but also, you know, no, but these are, this is nothing I haven't said to him on the show. So, but the thing is, he's a really, really great guy. And the thing about Andrew that is really amazing. And I think he believes the same thing about me is that we both like were insatiable about ideas. We just Mm. have been avid readers for 15, 20 years. I mean, I've read so many things. I love that. And I love having conversations and I don't, sometimes I think people misunderstand that I am trying to know something or be right. I just, a lot of times I interact with people that haven't done due diligence. And so it's a little hard for me because I've read so much or I've learned so much and I want to be sort of challenged and stretched. And what about this? And what about that? And Andrew brings that to the table. And I think with us, the two of us in particular, iron really sharpens iron. And 
not to be harsh about it, but I think if someone's looking for that, they might need a new friend mm. because I just think that some people choose to go down that road for whatever the reason, whatever the motivation, not saying it's better or worse, but I couldn't not be that way. I'm just fascinated with, I'll read a new book and, I, and my wife will just sit there in blank stare as I go through all the different, how, what that means in terms of connection with everything else and what does this mean? And I just love ideas. And, you know, they say that, uh, what is it about talking about people or ideas? And I think I'd rather be talking about ideas than maybe some of the negativity in the world. And it's a purposefully optimistic choice too. I think sometimes people equate it with naivety, but being purposefully optimistic is, a, is an intentional choice. Being purposeful about thinking, about grabbing ideas, about exploring possibility is not knowing that there's a high likelihood that a lot of things won't pan out, but you don't kill it at the beginning. That's just not how brainstorming works. It's not how mm. ideas have to kind of get batted around and what about this and what about that? And it sparks new ideas. And that's with Andrew, particularly not to take anything away from the rest of the team, but he and I predate the team by many, many years. And we just, we went and met at an Arby's every day on a Saturday with no project for, I think, three years with no project just, and we basically talked ideas. Yeah. So I don't know how you manifest that in another human being. I got lucky that I met him and we just clicked. Certainly a person can choose to do that. And I encourage everybody to, to read, but if, you know, it's that whole start with why, if you don't have a reason or you're not like curious like that, I don't know that it might not be pulling teeth for somebody. You said a word there that I don't even know that you even realize you said, but it was manifest. And I'm a big believer in, you know, that we, we do and we can. Um, I'm a big believer in quantum physics. And I think that what I took from that is you need to know exactly what it is that you want. If you don't know what it is you want, you can't attract that or you can't manifest it into your life. So you knowing that this is the way I'm wired, this is the way I work, this is what I'm looking for, you were able to literally attract that person. And it's actually something that has attracted me in your group is that you are constantly asking questions. And I think it's done in such a beautiful way that a lot of people are a bit taken aback because you're asking so many questions that you're not even getting offended. It's just like, cool. Okay. I'll fix it. Oh, you've got another thing. Okay, cool. I'll fix it. How can I make that better? How can I do better? And it's, it's fascinating to me as someone else who is always open to, to feedback to see another, another human being doing that. And I think that's, that's another thing that I'm attracted to, to your vision because it's just, you're constantly asking, how can I make this better? Well, you know, that stings me sometimes too. It's not something that I have naturally, probably. I'm a sensitive male, which is, I don't know, it's a weird connotation to that word, but I'm a caring male. I have <laughs> emotionally driven male. And so, yeah, when I get some feedback sometimes, my knee jerk earlier before I learned it was really to take offense and, and to mm. be, you know, especially when, I think a lot of creators feel this when you are just launching a new podcast and I had some sort of feedback that wasn't ideal about the podcast art I had created and I was kind of loving it. And, you know, your my knee jerk or my first reaction was, well, man, that stinks. But, you know, I think if you're going to get better and you really want to focus on getting better, it's helpful to hear that. And in order to get that kind of feedback, you have to create a safe space for people to give it because they're already reluctant anyway. 
Yes. And I think as soon as you jump in and like cut that down, you're going to shut off any opportunity. And then you're going to be in that void where, you know, we see some of these folks that their branding is just terrible or whatever it is. And, and that's not a credit. It's just, but I don't know if they even know or would get the feedback or would be able to take that next step because maybe they don't have somebody in their corner or maybe they haven't created that environment where they could get that feedback. And mm-hmm. I, I aspire to be better at it my wife and children may have a different point of view than you do in the group. Um, but you know, I'm human and that's kind of the point of the, the new show is just to, to try to evolve and be better. So yeah, I, I, I'm really trying to ask a lot of questions. I will say in the group, one thing I have done because there's a lot of tactics and strategies I see. And I think people, what happens sometimes in these groups, so they're trying to foster community. They're trying to do things that create community rather than just be a kind of person. And that's a subtle thing. It's a paradigm shift a little bit. But when I'm asking a question, it's because I stopped trying to, you know, in the group, I just have something occur in my mind. I'm curious. And I just hand a keyboard before I have time to condition it or make it or try to get engagement or anything else. And so what you're getting hopefully through that medium, even though it's a computer screen, is an authentic person coming through with a genuine question. And Mm. my responses are genuinely in response to a question that I was curious about. And so hopefully over time, that starts to feel like a real engagement rather than creating an engagement because it's a thing to do for business. Yeah. And I know that you and I were talking about authenticity before we started recording and I find it intriguing when people say, oh, I'm going to be authentic. Well, being authentic is not something that you go to be. Authentic right. is something who you are. It is who right. you're being right now. It's not something that you, you put on to do something else. And, you know, I think that's a really great distinction that authenticity isn't something who we're going to be. And, you know, you were talking about being a creator and I think that a lot of creators are quite tapped into their emotions that's what makes us great creators because we feel things you know in a deep way and that's what makes our creativity you know what it is that's what shapes it and I know that from coming from a dance background that being a creator is one of the hardest things because when you're authentic and you're creating in an authentic space you are 100% vulnerable So when you do get those, you know, let's call them judgment calls, man, it can sting. It can sting like a bee. Like It really hurts. But if we don't really let those walls down and really tap into that vulnerability, our creativity is never going to be at the level that it could be. Yeah, I think there's no other path. Unfortunately, that's just part of it. You've got to go through that and get, hopefully develop a little thick skin and, have the belief that what you're doing is going to matter to some people and some people won't get it and you're going to continue to evolve and get better. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough. It stinks. Mm. Yeah. I've never had to do it with dancing. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I can't imagine. I'd be very vulnerable in a leotard. That's for sure. <laughs> it's okay. I don't need to see you in a leotard. Yeah, you good. don't like, want to. Friendships, like, we've, we've already gone yeah. as far as we need to go. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, it's not for all creators, right? It's specifically for podcasters looking for guests and the other way around. Am I, am I correct? You are. I would say that most creators could probably benefit from being on podcasts. So from the guest side, probably if they have a thing they want to try to spread. But yes, it, for the creator side, it would be the podcast right now. 
Yeah. Um, and we're we, looking to get into blogging and a couple others soon. Yeah, cool. So that I guess that was exactly the route that I wanted to go. You you segued for me in that I think that podcasting or being a guest on podcasts is one of the best ways to build your brand, one of the best ways for people to get to know you. You know, you, people are going to get to know you on, through this podcast on a whole different level than write or uh, reading a piece that you've written for you, you know a minute or when they read it for a minute you know they get to hang out with you here for you know 30 40 minutes while we're having this conversation i think it's such an amazing platform to really help people to get to know us and it positions you as an authority when you're on someone else's show so it's something that i think that every person that's building their expertise brand should definitely do can you share with the listeners why they would want to be on your platform? Like what are, apart from, you know, joining guests and interviewees, why would we want to actually go onto Potter? What's the, I guess for people that don't have a show, what's the benefit for them? The, the, for people that don't have a show. So right yeah. now we're adding, we're adding lots of podcasts all the time. And I think one of the cool things about that is, so as an example, to kind of reinforce what you just said, uh, Hal Elrod was on the uh, the Miracle Morning fame. He wrote this best-selling yeah. book and all this. And he was on Pat Flynn talking about how when he first launched his book, one of the key things he did was he went on iTunes. He went to New and Noteworthy. He cold emailed every single person in his category, got on 50-something, 60-odd podcasts. And that was a key factor, he said, to him yeah. to blowing up, right? Yeah. Because of no like, and trust. He was mm -hmm. able to reach people. So by coming on Podit, you're actually able to bypass that whole iTunes thing. And as we continue to grow, right, you can create a profile. And matter of fact, we have a free tier for guests. So there's literally no reason to not be part of the network, raising your hand saying, I'm here. I'm willing to be on shows. Here's what I bring to the table so that as it continues to grow and also podcasts in there can find you, they can invite you, it'll kick you an email. So, I mean, you literally could go in there, set up your profile, check back every once in a while, see what podcasts have come in, see if something's up your alley. We're going to actually be um, working on an algorithm to match so that we'll email you, not some blasted, tar untargeted list. It's a specific list that says, Sam, you might like to be on these shows. And mm. if you respond to one and go and apply, we'll know it. Our algorithms will get smarter and we'll say, oh, Sam does like this type of show, but she didn't bother with these. And so over time, we can really start to serve up. And as you know, being custom served an opportunity to expand your brand is so time-saving and so powerful. Um, never mind, we'll be able to utilize the social graphs and testimonials from people. There's a lot of social proof. So there's a lot of things we built in there that you can utilize right out of the gate and you can find a podcast, apply to be on the podcast right there. That podcast will get an invite. Um, and these are podcasters. Keep this in mind. The podcasts in here are looking for guests. Right now, they're raising their hand saying, we have open opportunity for you to come talk about whatever your expertise is and also get your name out there a little bit more. Somebody else, some, my audience might know you. I'll tell you the other thing how Elrod did that was a, a little surprising to me. I do the same thing. He did not care one iota about audience size. No. Not one iota. If somebody wanted to, I think one, it's a privilege and an honor if someone asks you to be on their show. I really mm -hmm. believe but he, but he also just understood the power of 
just kind of being everywhere and, and also he making fans out of the people he was being on the shows and the relationships and all those little subtle things that you might not quantify in an immediate ROI, but end up on the long tail blowing you up, you know? So really powerful. Um, I would encourage anybody, whether it's potted or not, I, again, it's, there's a free option. So there's really no reason not to create a profile, but even if you don't use pot it, if you don't currently realize the value of podcast as a way to explore your message and, you know, get your credibility out there, definitely go down that road. It, even since I've started doing this and created the SAS, I've been on, I think four shows already. And it's funny because every show begets more shows and all of yes. a sudden there's like this thing and people know you and then it's, Oh, have you heard? And it's really crazy. It can start to snowball for you. A hundred percent. You know, I remember, uh, well, I was on um, Joe's indie podcast just last week. And one of the questions that he asked me is what is the number one thing that you've got out of podcasting? And I said, without a doubt, the relationships, because I get to meet people all over the world that I would not have met otherwise. Like I actually met Joe originally through my publicist introducing me to his podcast. You know, then we became friends. We used to chat after the interview, then I started my show. He was one of the first 10 episodes, you know, one of the first 10 guests on my show. You know, we've been at each other's events. Gosh, now, you know, I would consider him and, and Melissa and his children like really close family friends. Yeah. And yeah. that is through podcasting. And I've got to, you know, what other medium would I be able to get to really sit down with someone that I admire and chat to one-on-one for 40 or 50 minutes? Like the people I've chatted to are amazing, you know? No, it just doesn't happen. No, that's exactly right. Even if I joined some of these people's coaching programs, I still wouldn't have that much access to them. So I get to meet amazing people and then through them, exactly like you said, I get introduced to other people and you just don't know where that's going to go. And, you know, you were talking about the size of the shows. I can think of a specific client that I've got who is absolutely an ideal client that was a referral from a show that I was on that had some, less than 50 downloads. The number doesn't matter. And I've been on right. shows that have had millions of downloads and not much has happened. So it's actually right. not about the number. It's about creating a connection with the podcast host and the listeners. That's 100% what it's about. So true. And the smaller shows, you know, the access is wide open. You can literally, if you make an effort, you can be on a show within a week or two yeah. without ever having been on shows. And then yes. you can leverage that. It'll show up in Google to, you know, further support your credibility. You can add it to your press kit. And people that listen to it, they don't go check download numbers. They don't even have access to that. So no. all of that stuff just starts to build up in the relationships, like you said, are unreal. I mean, you and I are talking, I met Joe because of podcasting. Yeah. You met Joe because of podcasting. Now we're talking from America to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting. And exactly. And as we're talking, I know just before I hit record, someone else, like our beautiful friend, Amy J, who, who I also met at the event has just sent me a message. You know, that's the power of podcasting. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 It's starting to get its due, but it, it's been, I think, I don't know, taking second fiddle for a little while, but I think it's starting to really come into its own. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, there's over 5 million blogs and there's over 5 million YouTube channels, but there's still only 700,000 podcast shows. So right. it really is still 
you know, a lot of people say that, you know, oh gosh, why would I bother starting a podcast or why would I bother with podcasting? But it's, it's still the, it's still the baby, you know, we're only at the, the beginning really of, of where it's going to go. And the stats with, in regards to how, how long people will listen to a show, the amount of people that listen to shows, the numbers are phenomenal and they're far beating anything to do with video and, and reading blogs. And, yeah. you know, we all talk about video being the, the number one way that people connect, but people are actually listening to podcasts for longer. And I think that's, you know, it's why, why we would want to be on this medium. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So how do people find your platform and to explain how they can become part of the Podit family? So they go to podit.net. They sign up for an account. There's a cup, uh, podcast side is completely free because we definitely want all podcasters. We, as podcasters, we get nickel and dime. A lot of us don't do that as a way to create income. Many of them, some of them do, and mm-hmm. it's a fantastic way. And I know kind of the focus of your show, but a lot of them don't. And so we didn't want to be another nickel and dime for the podcast. Plus it makes sense for us from a business point of view to have a lot of podcast opportunities on the network. So right now, if you go on our network, you can find podcasts and it's, again, it's very new. You can find podcasts looking for guests and you can apply to those shows. All the other services are strictly, you can go find some static guest directory. There's no podcast place to find the shows looking for guests. So we've got that in there on that side. And then on the guest side, you can just create a, if you want to, you can get a free profile. If you want to upgrade your profile, you can get some bells and whistles. And then if you want us to kind of show you more promote you a little bit through the website or whatever, then you get the next tier up. But again, the free side, there's literally, I I can't stress this enough. If you ever want to consider being, get in there early so that you're in there and people can see you and you have visibility because now you're in a small pool and it's better, far easier to get recognized and be seen in there. And also I promote you on social media because I can do that right now because there's not so many I can, as soon as a new one comes in, I typically pick them up, put, put them out on our social. And again, you think, like you said, a couple of extra people don't matter, but you never know who's seeing, you never know who's going to pick up on it. You never know what interview comes from that one simple act. Um, so that's really, that's really it at first. It's pretty simple. And then you can actually get a custom URL. So you can actually, this is another nice thing. Instead of creating some, I don't want to pick on anybody, but instead of creating some press sheet, that's a terrible word doc and format it all ugly and a bunch of TLDR that nobody wants to read. You know, you can take and create this page. You can share in an email, even outside the network to whatever, any kind of opportunity you want to highlight yourself in a nice way about why you'd be a good guest. And sometimes for a lot of people, LinkedIn or their website isn't exactly suited for that. It's really Mm -hmm. a little different angle depending on what you do, but you might want to leverage guest opportunities. And this is intended to be, potit.net slash Samantha Riley, that's your page that people can then see. They could communicate with you outside or they could come in and then they could apply inside. So, mm. I mean, mm. there's really literally no downside to, to getting started. Yeah, totally. So we'll link that up in the show notes. And yeah, if you do want me on your show, just go to potit.net forward slash Samantha Riley because you'll oh. find me there. Yep. <laughs> that's how simple it is. That's so awesome. Didn't share before we started recording, but I know you're busting to share what some of yeah. the new things that are coming up with the Podit platform. Yeah. So one of the things we're really leaning into is that podcast page. And this will resonate, I think, with podcasters themselves is how do we make that page really suited for pointing guests from outside the platform to my podcast page 
as the single place to handle my guest management, right? And so what that means is we're going to, right now we have a little pop-up form that says, why would you be a great guest on that show? But because we have that little pop-up, we could also maybe have the guest sign off on a waiver or answer a couple of questions that you enter. We have a, a, a sort of a, a layer between where instead of somebody sending you an email, we have a layer we can customize and you can then, what's nice is what pot it is, people who start to grow, the podcaster can then see those people because they're part of the network. When they see all those requests, they don't chase down a link or some social media or some website and try to find everything. And I've done this a thousand times. It takes a lot of time and effort. I can just click over and look at their profile. I can listen to their episode. I can quickly decide. I can see testimonials from people I know. I say, oh yeah, that's a person I want on my show. Or eventually you could recommend somebody to me or I could recommend somebody to you and it's like a warm introduction. So I think that's really where we want to go. And then a big piece I told you about on top of making it our goal to make it absolutely work for the podcasters outside the network. Because if we do that, then the guests, they'll point all the guests to us. Mm -hmm. And if the guests come to us, the network will grow and everybody wins. So, but the other thing we're doubling down on is not only do we want to not want to charge the podcasters, we actually want to, within a few days or a week or so, we're going to release an affiliate program so that any of the guests you're pointing, and now it's really critical that we make it a tool that is absolutely the best thing you could possibly use outside of any kind of compensation, Mm. period. That's our number one goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On top of that, we want to, when you point all those guests and you use it to manage, some of them will sign up, some of them will pay. Mm-hmm. That we want to come back to the podcaster because they're the ones that brought them to us. And mm-hmm. that's a model that works because there's no advertising dollars in that, in that relationship whatsoever. For the big names, people who have like big audiences, they could point, they could really make some serious money. But for even for other folks, if you're already doing this, think about this. When we did Digital Dads, we weren't, we weren't doing an interview show every, every week, but we did probably 40 a year for three years. Yep. So we did 120 guests. If some fraction of some percent of that had been coming in through the door of Pata and we'd use that to manage them and some of them paid, we would have made far more than I ever made on advertising. Uh, you know, we had a couple of sponsors. We did a couple of Patreon things. All these things that took all this kind of crazy bandwidth from mm-hmm. me, which mm-hmm. was making me even more busy. And now I just turnkey. I set up my profile. I point guests to it. Now I can actually earn revenue off of a platform that was created to help podcasters. And the reason why that's like that is we are podcasters. And so we've really thought this through in terms of strategy. And we really feel like, this is going to enable podcasters to have an amazing tool, get compensated. There's zero loss for them, even if people don't sign up. They don't have to hard sell anything. They just point them to their page. Mm, and it's just mm. a natural part of what they do. And our intention is to make sure we make that tool really, really powerful so they don't want to do it anyway. And then the hosting fees or whatever they get out of it is just gravy on top. Yeah, I think that what I love about that is that for anyone that's listening that's a podcaster will be like, oh my goodness, the amount of time it takes to put together a show, it, it, it surprised me and not in a good way when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it won't take long to get on and have an interview with someone. Oh my goodness, that's only the beginning. Let's, let's just add another 20 hours onto that for each episode. But the people that are coming on the show, they get so much, they get a lot of benefit from it. 
So I think Absolutely. it's great that you're thinking from both sides. There's got to be a benefit, like it's a win-win. There's a benefit there for the podcasters, but there's a huge benefit for the guests that can just show up and be in their zone of genius and share their message. So I, I think it's a beautiful win-win. Yeah, there was this whole, the, you know, there's all these services out there and there is a, it's a fact that a lot of the guests do get, in some cases, a quantifiable ROI, but in other cases, just enormous benefit as you discussed before. And, but it's your platform. And sometimes it can feel a little like you're there getting all the benefit and reward of what you're doing. Uh -huh. And then you've got these services that are out there on some of the higher end entrepreneurs or guests, and they pay these services a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars a month mm -hmm. to go and connect them with the podcast. And I know a person we both know very well had a situation where he decided that he was going to not take a guest on the last minute from one of those. It had a bad blood situation. He ended up saying, well, it's my platform. I should be making money. He thought he would just charge a guest for money or for the, to be on the show, which he did. Okay, I get that. But the way we're doing it is more organic to the process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to maybe really be an effective thing for both sides because the guests can self-select. They can say, I see value here. I want to pay money for a better profile. I can, this is more for me. I want to get more exposure. I'm going to pay more money. And when they choose that, because that's their thing, maybe not the pediatrician, but maybe the business guy or whatever, then that person will pay. Well, we say, Hey, Sam, by the way, here you go. But it's all just calculated with the system. So nobody has to count beans or anything. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, yeah, and like you said, everybody wins. So yeah, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah, totally. Love it. I wanted to circle back a little bit. We were talking about people being guests on podcasts and it helps them to raise their, their authority. But something that I wrote down and, and I do want to touch back on quickly is that being a podcast guest helps you to get enormous and immense clarity on your offering and what it, and your messaging. You've probably noticed that even just being on four shows yourself, Brent, that the more you talk about what it is you do, it actually helps you to get clarity. And I know that when I very first started being on other people's podcasts, that the questions that the podcaster would ask me helped me to really understand what my zone of genius was that I hadn't necessarily noticed. You know, I think that the things that we do easily are the things that we think that they're easy for everybody. And it's mm. not until someone else taps into them and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. So actually for me, I was on, I think, over 50 podcasts in three months. The clarity that gave me on my offering, my zone of genius, what it is that I did and using words that these podcast hosts would ask me was so immensely valuable. So if there's anyone listening that really knows that they've got an expertise but haven't been on any shows, I cannot recommend more to get yourself on a heap of shows because not only are you going to be delivering an immense value to the podcast host's audience, but you'll be getting clarity on what it is that you offer. That is so true. And you can hone your skills and practice. And again, with the small shows, the risk is low too. Even if you, you know, you're getting an opportunity to get out there and become better at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you can't think of a more fantastic way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Brent, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. I really love the vision of Connect and Grow. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I love the Potter platform. I've loved being on there and, and watching the speed. Like, I just want to take my hat off to you guys. The speed that you are delivering changes is, is almost giving me whiplash. It's fantastic. <laughs> 
Yeah, like I said, we're really close on the affiliate. That's a that's one we wanted to really test out a little bit more. But we we have a small team, but we have a really you know, we have a really impassioned team. So thank you. It, it matters that we know that we're not quite there. We want to really work hard. And that's, I think, one of the things hopefully that comes through in the group is that we care about making a really good product. We care about that for you personally, for Joe, for every single person I could name in the group. And that's why that feedback, I jump in and I say, no big deal. We just, we want to make something great. And so if everybody will jump in for the ride, I think we can get there. So I would definitely recommend for anyone that's listening to jump onto podit.net, set up your profile, get yourself some, some interviews under the belt because it's just one of the best ways to build your authority. I, I almost don't know a better way. It's, it's so beneficial for you building your brand moving forward. But Brent, we, we've talked about a lot of things today about you know networks and creating and creators and all sorts of relationships and all sorts what is one takeaway that you'd love to leave our listeners with today just to sort of wrap this interview up into a nice little bow? Uh, that's no pressure. <laughs> no, what, one, thing, one thing I will say that I've been thinking a lot about lately is, uh, and, and this is really a reminder for myself too, is don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself time to go through the process of getting better. I'm, I'm very impatient by nature and I want pot it where we talked about earlier, like next week. My team can't make that happen quite on that schedule. So that's where we are. But yeah, just, just take it easy on yourself. Try to appreciate how far you've come and that will help you get to the next level, you know, and relationships are key. Yeah, absolutely. Brent, thank you so much for coming and sharing your heart and your wisdom with us today. I so appreciate you. Oh, loved it. Thank you, Sam. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leaders business check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.